Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to season three, episode nine of the Average League podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Lowe, and today I have Mr. Kirk Miller on the show. So, Kirk, how are you doing, my man? Fantastic. Chris, the wizard Lowe. <laughs> so, clearly, uh, I know who you are from the incredible work we've done together over the last 12 to 15 months. Um, but for any of the listeners, uh, who is Kirk Miller? Uh, Kurt Miller, I'm a 38-year-old man currently living in Dubai, three, four years prior to that, London, but originally from a proud council set in Coventry. But uh, yeah, cutting a very, very long story short, I, I, I specialise in helping uh, business leaders, high performers all around the world get the best physical mental shape of their life and unleash from within confidence they never thought possible. Basically, absolutely obsessed with helping people uh, look the way they want to, feel the way they want to, and live life on their own terms, irrelevant of profession, background, circumstances. Incredible. That's so clear. clear, clear <laughs> I've had to say that once or twice, mate. But uh, Chris, um, it hasn't always been that super smooth, mate. As I'm, you know, that might sound a bit brash, what I've just said, but as I'm sure Chris will unpack a little bit during this, this podcast, I've had my ups and downs too, <laughs> for sure. It's not always uh, as pretty as it seems on the front end of social media, believe me. No, amazing. So what I want to sort of answer today, the question is basically how to stay in shape all year round. So we know that athletes will predominantly have three parts of the year. So they'll have their off-season, they'll have their pre-season, and they'll have their in-season. Off-season is a time where, yes, we need to acknowledge and appreciate they're going to be more relaxed with what they do, with their food, their lifestyle, and things like that. But some individuals, some athletes will perhaps take a to a high level and they will become very deconditioned and they will regress massively. And therefore pre-season, you know, it's just around the corner, like, oh, I get, I get in shape for the season in pre-season and they do. And then over the course of the season itself, it's basically just maintenance. Some might progress slightly, some might regress slightly, but generally speaking, it's very much maintaining. And then they get into off season again, they regress massively, they become very deconditioned. And this is very much this negative kind of cycle where they don't really see huge amount of improvements with their athletic development year upon year. So what I want to really try and uh, answer today is how we can essentially avoid that or minimize that so we can make progress every single year. Now, you've been in shape for pretty much as long as you can remember. Um, so, you know, success leaves clues. So I just really want to delve into basically your thoughts on it, your lifestyle, your habits, behaviors, and your daily actions, routines, and so on. And the uh, listeners can get a good amount of ideas and inspiration uh, from that. So, uh, but before we get into that, it'd be just great to give like uh, listeners a quick overview of yourself, what you've done. So going back into the football days, going into men's health and all that kind of stuff would be absolutely incredible. No, no, absolutely. And I'm, I'm, I'm delighted to share as much value and expertise as, as I possibly can. And, um, you know, even some of the stuff I'm going to share today, there's no judgment. I don't ever want to come across like I'm telling people what to do, just like we do within my own coaching program, just plant seeds. And being a little bit of an older man now at 38, uh, any way I can sort of help provide a nugget that will make someone become more consistent physically or mentally, then I'm happy to do that. Uh, because one thing you touched upon there is obviously the the, the the vicious cycle of on-season, off-season. I think, I think that very much mirrors a lot of, you know, athletes and day-to-day people who are either on it or they're off it. Um, you know, and I, I've certainly been that 
that sort of all or nothing and mentality, but thankfully not on a physical front, you know, because I always wanted to look a certain way and, and that was my security blankets. I'll come into in a second in relation to my story. So my, my background, my original dream is to be a professional footballer. Uh, I was absolutely obsessed with Manchester United. Uh, as soon as my dad put that Man United kit on uh, and I learned how to kick a ball, I remember just relentlessly just kicking a ball, left and right foot because I wanted to be like Ryan Giggs, even though I was right footed for many, many years, Chris. Uh, but I was just absolutely obsessed with football. And, and that was my dream. That was that was who I wanted to be. And that was going super smooth. You, you, you know, I got picked up by Coventry at the age of 10. Um, in spite of being told by uh, a specialist at the age of six, the only sport I'd play was swimming. You know, I hated swimming. I had lots of knee issues in and out of plaster and parish with weird form of arthritis for a number of years. Um, but I'd like to think I proved him wrong. Uh, you know, sort of really developed my foot very, very quickly. Picked up by Coventry at the age of 10. Um, turned down Manchester United at 13 <laughs> which uh, I'll say I spoke about this on many of the podcasts awesome. nice yeah I basically turned down Manchester United not many people can so I say claim to fame but that was my biggest lesson in life in not taking the uh, you know the uncomfortable option um, because basically age of 13 what happened you know, you're at Coventry you're doing well Manchester United have been watching me they call your house and uh, they offer me schoolboy forms Coventry found out Gordon Strachan turns up at the training ground and says, oh, you know, we know Man United have been in contact with you and, uh, you know, we'd like to offer you a professional contract because you ain't going nowhere. So I'm faced with a decision, right, take this safe option, which is I knew at 13 I was guaranteed to be a professional footballer at 17, which was unheard of at the time at the football club. I was in the papers, all this stuff. Or you take the riskier option, but deep down you, it's your passion, it's your purpose, you know, it's, it's what you'd loved and dreamed to do. Um, but it's a risk. All I had was schoolboy forms. And bear in mind, this is where Manchester United were good, Chris. You know, they had Cantona, Giggs, Beckham, Keane, you know, Kinchowskis, Schmeichel, you name it. It was, you know, so we'll come on to this, no doubt, it, it, later in the talk about environment. Um, but the reality is, you know, I'd have probably been even better going to United, even though it weren't the guaranteed uh, professional contract. So I signed for Coventry and that so-called safe option, at the age of 20, at the end of my sort of three-year young professional apprenticeship type contract to get released in a 30 second conversation by uh, Gary McAllister telling me, um, you, you know, I'm not good enough. And that was the first time in my life I've been told I wasn't good enough. And deep down I folded Chris. So I know what it's like in that moment to have your old identity, your perception of who you are and what you do shattered, you know, up to that point, my life expectation was going super smooth. All right. But I didn't see at the time during that period at Coventry deep down, that is that has been the greatest apprenticeship ever in 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 why what's probably made maybe a solid coach today because you're around so many different characters, you know, uh, understanding people. I think is the number one skill set in coaching, and that, that definitely helped me do that. But you didn't see it at the time, and then you face them. What do you do then? You've been your dream shattered. Retrained as a gas engineer because that's safe. That was my second lesson in not taking the safe option uh, as a plumber. Uh, retrained as a gas engineer plumber. Five, six years was was not happy, even though I was ripped, you know, because that was my way of getting significant. You know, you get, you know, you're in the gym, you're that's the only way I'm getting sort of pleasure and pats on the back and to, to sort of replace that from football, I suppose. But because it wasn't what I'm destined to do on the plumbing side, I still had reactive behavior patterns. I still had that very much all or nothing mentality. Uh, but thank fuck I was looking after myself five days a week in the gym. Um, you know, I was still able to pull myself back in because you sort of train us so hard during the week. You know, you're eating really healthy, but then come the weekend, you could stop binging. So 
in relation to how you sort of intro this talk, Chris, about the all-or-nothing mentality, there's no judgment on any athletes who are currently living that way because I know what it's like to live that way. I'm just lucky that one of the things I was sort of always consistent with was my training. So um, lost in life for about five, six years. Um, and then I, 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 2010, I had my sort of lucky, I say lucky break, but I started thinking a little bit differently about the world, stop playing the victim, you know, because I was moaning about life for about five years, you know, moaning about circumstances, uh, you know, my language pattern was terrible, just, just negative. I was focusing on who I was, not who I wanted to become, beating myself up, you know, with language and stuff and, 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 and surrounding myself with the wrong people. And, um, I would have meant, I, I entered would have men's health competition in 2010 and forget the external, you know, the gratification I got, you know, from the, the covers, but that was like the penny drop then, <laughs> you know, follow your passion, follow your purpose. You know, I'm not on this earth to be a plumber with the greatest respect, <laughs> you know, somehow stumble away through become qualified. But, um, Chris, that, that, that was, Penny drop, follow your passion, follow your purpose. You know, I think things happen for a reason, exactly the right time when you're doing the right things. So that gave me the impetus then to quit my job, uh, you know, after qualifying as a personal trainer nine months later, quit my job with five hours personal training. Um, again, I was faced with a decision then uh, and conversations from family, friends. Oh, what about your bills? What about if it goes wrong? So I had the third test really, Chris, where it was like, you, you know, you're even going to take the safe option where you keep paying your bills and, you know, things might not go wrong, but, you know, you'll just keep ticking over or you take a risk. And I was just at a place where I thought, you know, this lesson's going to keep repeating itself until you actually, you know, have some courage and, and take a chance. So that's what I did. And then I suppose the rest is history, really, Chris. I evolved from personal training, uh, got very, very busy quickly in Coventry. I started winging my online training a little bit, even though I was obviously still doing the best job I possibly could, but I, I didn't have the infrastructure to help people with their lifestyle management outside of the gym. I was basically obviously kicking ass in the gym, helping people with their food and stuff, but you didn't really understand what it actually takes to help people be as consistent as I was with habits and, and, and confidence and energy and stuff like that, Chris, you know? Um, and then, yeah, just, just sort of, uh, investing lots of mentors then, you know, so that ranged from obviously the fundamentals to actually get someone in great shape, you know, from your biomechanics, uh, nutrition courses, all that stuff, although not quite to, to your level, but I knew exactly what it takes to sort of get someone in shape from a food and training perspective. But what has helped me become a, a greater coach and, and, and a better leader, in my opinion, is a lot of the personal development work, really understanding what influences people on a deeper level. Because a lot of the time, it's not knowing what to do that's the problem. It's getting people to believe um, they can actually do the things that they, they know they should be doing you know, and, and really expanding identity, as I'm sure we'll come on to during this talk. And uh, yeah, the work I've done, you know, with the, the Tony Robbins courses, uh, did a really high level course as well uh, with Brenda Bashard. These are world leaders in peak performance and, and, and human behavior. And I realized that that's the area that really excites me, Chris, you know, and, uh, and because I think without an understanding of this, this, these things, and I'm, I'm sure any athlete listening to this will resonate. The thing that separates, um, a good, a great body from a good body, and a great athlete from a good athlete, a great businessman from an average businessman are just people who can sustain it. They can sustain that level of excellence, consistency, consistently, not just month to month, but year to year, every single year. If you think about all the people that get idolized now on social media in the sporting world, you know, we have to bring up the obvious one Cristiano Ronaldo. The man's a freak, but the reason he's so idolized is because he's ruthlessly consistent. And a large part of that, as he shared himself, is, is his mindset. 
And a lot of the time, especially when it comes to consistency with food and training, as, as we'll no doubt talk, talk through today, um, the, it's, it's, it's the, the ability to control your mindset, and your emotional state, which drives the decisions that you consistently need to keep doing to, to, to do um, that, that, that is going to help you get that consistent consistently. So the learning, uh, the, the personal development work, the human behavior still, Chris, that, that helped immensely. And, and obviously it's no coincidence that when you dig deeper into these areas, uh, and of course your help coming in as a, you know, as a, as a sort of peak performance expert food, you know, food guru, dare I say it, um, has helped immensely as of the other experts we brought in, you know, the breathing experts, the sleep experts, but, but, but you realize then, God, it's the potential to really take people to another level is, is limitless, you know? And, and obviously since then the results have gone to another level and more importantly, you're able to create lasting change now in clients more because I was that coach finding full transparency, um, where I was maybe getting short-term results with clients. You might've done, got them somewhere in 12 weeks, maybe even six months, but they might fall back, back down again with the same problem. And I think that's the same with like, uh, athletes, you know, during that time, uh, Chris at, at, at Coventry city, we're very lucky to play with some great players. Obviously you train with great reserve team players, great first team players, played against Wayne Rooney as well in, in youth team and, and, and John Terry and things like that, you know, reserves. Um, but, but, but you realize there are, there are the thing that separates a lot of the players that made it as a professional footballer and had great careers and, or maybe those players who maybe had one good season compared to those players who had maybe five to 10 good seasons. It, it was just that consistency uh, over time, you know, and, and that's what I'm just absolutely fascinated with trying to get that same level of consistency, even though they're not athletes, you know, you treat your clients like that, but to do that, I think any great leader, you need to, you need to, you need to, uh, ha, ha, you need to, how can I explain this? You need to be the standard you're trying, you, you, you want others to emulate. You need to be the standard you want others to emulate. I think any great manager, any great leader, they need to be the standard they want others to emulate. You know, that's why most captains within a team will probably do that. And just fascinated by, you know, trying to help people do that, but just live by that principle, really. Yeah, absolutely amazing. So it kind of comes down to that, that kind of keyword there. How can we sustain it? And how do we improve our consistency? Because every athlete, we just want to, or peak performer, like excellence is that key kind of buzzword that we're trying to achieve. And you're only going to be able to achieve excellence by doing the daily actions, behaviors, and habits every single day, consistently showing up and putting in the work and doing it. So for someone who is, for an athlete who perhaps is struggling with consistency, they might do, might be, shall we say, quote unquote, on plan for two weeks. Then they have like a shit weekend and then they sort of relapse and then they're back on for another week. Or they might do three weeks, get demotivated and go back to old habits. So ultimately, they're just spinning the wheels. They're never achieving this level of excellence because they can't find consistency. So for individuals who are struggling with consistency, what's the first things that kind of come to your mind? How can I get this person more consistent? Uh, I think first and foremost, um, it's nothing to do with the actual action itself, you know, as in eating healthy, training more, moving more. Um, I think a strong why is fundamental. You need, you need to, and you can't just dip your toe in this, you know, every few days. You need to remind yourself every single day why it's important you're consistent. Why it's important you're consistent. 
And how I do that and how I recommend anyone listening to this does that, remind yourself on a daily basis why you need to be consistent, who you need to be, who you're letting down if you're not consistent. You know, what, what are the consequences if you are not consistent? How is that holding your career back? How might that affect you in the next game, the next season? And more even deeper than that, deep down, generally when we're, we're trying to be a great athlete or great at whatever we're doing, um, we're trying to do it to create a better life or, or impact or influence someone else we love and care about most as well. So um, really drawing on a strong why is absolutely massive. And a little framework for me is why is it important I'm consistent and, and why is it important I, I mean a certain standard that is non-negotiable and what is the pain if I, if, I, if I lose this consistency and more importantly, what is the deeper meaning and the benefit on the quality of my life and the potential opportunities that might open up if I'm consistent? And, and, and Chris, the reason I, I really, really feel strongly about this, the motivation will dip, like myself included. Do I want to be healthy all year round? Do I fuck? Even Cristiano Ronaldo, I know he's an absolute freak. I guarantee over 365 days, like there is certain days he doesn't want to eat healthy, doesn't want to get a session, doesn't want to, you know, stay fit off season, right? But I guarantee he would have a, a massive, massive driver and why, right? That Not just about him, but for example, it might be, you know, uh, being a great role model for, for, for his kids, you, you know, to sort of follow in his footsteps and, and for any athlete as well. If they've got a strong why, go right. Why is it really, really important that I'm consistent? They will, they will eat the healthy food more often than not eating the healthy food on the days they don't want to. They will go for that running even in the off season more often than they wouldn't do that run in the off season if they're reminding themselves why is it important to actually do this. You know. So it's really highlighting the consequence there, and not only the consequence on themselves and their career progression, but How's it affecting and influencing, like you already said, they're influencing their family, their friends, their support network. Just, so, just think, think about this, Chris. Sorry to make like think about any athlete listening to this. Ask themselves during the season or during a game, before a game, why, why, what, what do they do and how do they remind themselves of, of why it's important that they are consistent, for example, during the season or during during the week? Whether they realize it or not there would be some internal dialogue or subconscious like thought process that goes in their mind that has made them reach that standard in the first place. Because any athlete listening to this, if you've achieved great success consistent, consistently during a certain period, you've got it in you. You've, you've got it in you. But sometimes we just forget the same thought process when maybe there, there isn't that pressure or that, 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 that Saturday game. You know, but, but ask yourself the same questions that get you fired up for the, the, the week or the game or the season, you know? So when you ask yourself these questions that with our framework, which is absolutely awesome, do, how do you do this? Do you just kind of mentally kind of rehearse it or do you write it down, journal? How, how do you typically approach it and what do you think would work best for athletes and other individuals out there? Yeah, look, you've got to find what's worked for you. I know it's such a sort of bit of a cop-out cop out, uh, statement, but for, for, I can only share what I, I do and has worked immensely for obviously a lot of the people that I've coached, you know, as you know, Chris, some of the people who transformed in their forties, fifties are in better shape than some athletes. Okay. Even though they're not coming, to, coming to us to get, you know, peeled, they, they're in phenomenal shapes. They've done certain things. But for me, uh, one thing I do, um, I, 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 I journal every single morning. I, I know it sounds a bit weird, but I do sort of speak to myself in the mirror. I stare myself in the mirror 
and 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 I, and I have a strong why, and I and I'll happily share it. You know, I I'm a, I, I literally look myself in the mirror, and I say I'm a world class leader, speaker, and high performance coach that helps global business leaders get the best physical, mental shape of their life and unleash from within confidence they never thought possible. But then I follow that up with Chris by who do I need to be to do that? And I put by being ruthlessly consistent and operate with high energy and standards, I will change the lives of millions of people all around the world and be a phenomenal success in business and be able to create freedom for my family. So the reason I say that with so much passion, you imagine if you're even remotely playing with that on a daily basis, I'm not going to stare myself in the mirror and say those things or put pen to paper and say those things where I've used the words consistent, high energy and standards and then go, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to go down the shop and eat a croissant and, you know, fucking <laughs> just eat a load of shit and not, not train today. Do, do you understand, Chris? It's, it's, you want to create leverage within yourself. You know, you want a strong why, but you want something where it's a sentence, a statement, you know, an affirmation that, that really reminds you who you are at your absolute best. And whether that's putting pen to paper, speaking out loud, or just mentally saying it, I promise you this, if you just, you, you roll with that and, and do it with emotional intent, your actions after that, even if you're not perfect, you'll execute far more consistently than not just by sort of playing around with that, Chris, you know? Amazing. So when we've established the why, we've identified the, the consequences for not following through on our daily actions, behaviors, and habits, what is, what is the next step? So they've done all this, gone through the framework, they're doing this every day, they understand why they need yeah. to do this. But what's the next step? Okay, uh, again, this could be an open-ended question, so I don't want to, <laughs> we could do a podcast on this alone. But um, I, th I think a really simple thing, and we've used this with, 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 with clients, is identify the daily rituals, the habits, your maybe optimal routine that keeps you at your absolute best. So maybe if you're listening to this, Think about the last 12 months. Think about the weeks and the months when you felt on absolute fucking fire, right? Physically, mentally. What was, your, what was your morning routine? What was your PM routine? What did you do on those weeks that made you feel tip-top where you train better, you, 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 you just operate with more intent and, and, and we're more successful. So what, what, are the, what are the things, what are the habits, what are the rituals that when you feel at your absolute best, because I can pretty much guarantee that maybe the weeks or the months where you're not feeling quite sharp, then you're probably doing less off those things. So identify in, in your sort of last 12 months or even live to date, when did you feel at your best and, and why? And what, what were the habits? What did you eat more of? What did you eat less of? Um, you know, what, what was your sort of um, your lifestyle management like to that point? Um, and if you want to go even deeper than that, what, who did you surround yourself with at that time? Who, who, who do you need to speak to more of? What, what is your environment when you feel uh, that, that you execute your, you know, your, your positive habits more frequently? Yeah, that's gold. And another really sort of nice framework that a lot of people can take away from there. Like most people would have been, in shape at some point, especially athletes, especially at a high level. 100%. So, so it's like, right, what got you into that shape? And then yeah. why aren't you now? You know, so something's changed for that adverse or reverse transformation to happen, you know, where that, yeah. and most likely, like you mentioned pretty much throughout this, I see the through is just come from mindset side of things. So it's, it's like going back to why and understanding that. 
And so for some reason then the identity shift has happened. So in terms of like a lot of individuals, they might have like an issue of, you know, stepping into a new and a future self, you know, they're, they're kind of scared of making that jump to a, a new identity. Mm-hmm. So why do you think is perhaps resistance there of stepping into a new identity? Um, I, th- I think sometimes, and maybe I can relate to this, Chris, from, you know, with the, 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 the Man United situation, because I got asked this on a, on another podcast and it really made me think, Chris, you know, I think what, what, what made me turn down Manchester United and, you know, sort of really take my, my identity as a footballer, which obviously I would have been say at Manchester United if you'd have succeeded to another level. And I think sometimes we, it's the fear of being better, going to that next level. You know, it's, it's, it's a little bit of insecurity. It's a little bit of self-belief. It's like we get more certainty by staying where we are as opposed to sort of leaping into that uncertainty and going, you know what, we might have a challenge or two, or we might fail, but at least we've tried. And if you think about, again, all the people we've looked up to have done truly great things in sport, especially, they're the ones that have, have sort of t- took that calculated risk, took failing. You know, they've, I'll use him again, Ronaldo, risk making a twat of himself on the pitch with his step-overs and stuff, but he just kept putting himself out there trying to master his skill. So if you are trying to expand your identity, for me, one of the number one things you can do to expand your identity is master a skill set and just keep growing. Put, keep putting the reps in because if you any any athlete maybe listen to this uh one of the one of the ways that you would be feeling significant whether it's you know in, in, with your teammates with your with your your partner your friends where you feel important and on a bit of a pedestal is because you've, you've 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 mastered and you've grown in that area through putting the reps in so often when we get stuck with our identity and we see a bit a bit stuck in the mud usually it's a sign that we've stopped sort of stretching ourselves a little bit you know, it's it's we, it's probably a little cue that we've got a little bit too comfortable. Okay, cool. Acknowledge it, and you're at that little point now where you, you know you're either going to be pulled back or you or you sort of step into it. And for me, uh, you know, just trying to master a skill and, and having that sort of action beats anxiety philosophy really really does help. You know, absolutely. So so going to that next level, going to a higher standard. Obviously, then you're going to need to raise your standards to achieve that. So. How can we raise standards? Oh, how can we raise standards? Uh, I think it's where you carry yourself on a daily basis. Um, ra- ra- raising standards happens by not what we say we're going to do. It, 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 it's keeping your promises to yourself uh, and, and, and never getting complacent. So you just need to be ruthlessly honest with yourself. Tell yourself the truth, right? Because... The success you're going to have in any specific field of your life, right, whether it's in your sport, personally, professionally, it's going to be down to the standards that you consistently execute in that area. And I think raising standards, first and foremost, you just need to demand more from yourself. Demand more from yourself. You know, and, and, and say as an athlete, listen to this, go through, like, just key fundamental aspects of life and go, right, if I looked at your planning just now in, in relation to your performance, you know, in relation to the expectation that you desire, is the standard of your planning likely to make that happen? In relation to your food, right? If we're trying to go to another level with our, our training, our performance, is the current standard of your sort of nutrition, food quality, food quantity, is that high enough to uh, create the performance and the outcome that you desire? And the same with training. Is the way you cur- your standard of your current, uh, the way you currently train, 
the intent, the way you recover, because I think that gets neglected sometimes. And I've been terrible with that over the years, Chris. Sorry, we're all very, very good at training hard, doing the hardcore stuff. But we're, our standard when it comes to recovery is shocking. And, and you know, that's that's quite common. So, But is the standard the way you train, the way you recover, is that likely to create the outcome that you desire? And, and I think, generally speaking, you'll know if your standards aren't where they want to be because you'll experience more negative emotions and more dips in energy than the opposite. So it's just being really, really honest with yourself about the way you speak, the way you plan, the way you eat, the way you move. Um, and, and yeah, just demanding more from yourself. So, so when we're looking at creating standards, who do you think should create the standards? Is it better coming from yourself or from a coach? Like what's going to allow you to follow through and pursue it with greater intent? Um, well, I, I, I think if, 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 if you're not someone who's consistent 12 months round, um, then, then sometimes we do need a, someone to lean on, you know, just to help raise standards. You know, it's, it's why captains are captains, why coaches are coaches. Uh, but, you, you know, as, as athletes in particular, for example, you know, that, that you're wasting a lot of bandwidth on trying to, uh, there's so many different things I can, I can imagine that going to being a great athlete. I saw it firsthand and, and obviously I, I wasn't fortunate enough to, to, to make the grade, you know, to that next level. But looking back, being really honest with myself, Chris, you know, well, there was very, very, very disciplined, uh, you know, when I was actually fit. Okay. But, but my, you know, when I was, I was fit and injury free, but over my three years, for example, Chris, you know, uh, Coventry, I had about 18 months of injury and maybe this will relate with that all or nothing mentality. Actually thinking about it now, you know, just is I'd probably 18 months over those three years, uh, where I had injuries, knee injuries, and obviously you, you can't train, you can't play. All right. You might be in the gym a little bit, but I look back my standards with the way I ate, uh, how much I drank and stuff, because I didn't have that focus of a game on a Saturday and I knew I wasn't training every single day. Looking back, even though I was still in shape, my standards were nowhere near as high as when I was actually, you know, the opportunity to play. And I think that's very similar to people who are um, athletes who are in the off season because they haven't got that game and they've got no one watching them. Then that's when standards can can, can slip. So um, I definitely think having someone to lean on and to hold you to a higher standard, if you've never mastered the art in your career to date of being consistent 12 months round, then yeah, I, th I think having someone to hold you to a higher standard and keep you accountable is is massive, you know, and we've, we've both had mentors ourselves, Chris, because if you are continually not reaching a certain standard in any given area of your life or your business or with your eating, your training, whatever it may be, that's a cue that somewhere your system, your accountability process isn't working. And I think having someone to hold you to a higher standard definitely helps with that. You know, and, 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 and the environment you surround yourself with is massive. And sometimes if we need someone to hold us to a higher standard, then yeah, definitely do that. But then at some point, you know, you have to take responsibility for your actions, you know, but sometimes we just need that kick up the ass and that we have to use, mirror the traits of someone else sometimes to help elevate standards. And that's what I'm doing as a coach now. I know you do the same, Chris. It's like, you know, the greatest respect, some of the nutritionists out there, you know, they, 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 they might fucking preach to clients or they might preach to uh you know, athletes okay eat xyz because it's going to help elevate performance but then they look like an absolute sack of shit themselves anyone can learn you know out of a textbook or do a course and become 
you know, knowledgeable about a subject, but if you're not actually implementing the subject that people are paying you to to help them execute, then they're, they're, they're telling lies. So, you know, uh, yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna lean on someone, make sure that they 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 live what they preach. Absolutely. Um, I know I can only really speak for myself, but going through the process of training frequently and intensely, and I think having a nice periodized approach to it. Same with nutrition, like the, you know, the research papers will say, we'll give you a really good starting point, but those experiences just fill in the gaps in terms of the detail and the detail can make such a huge difference, can't it? Uh, just like, say, for example, going through a fat loss phase, like a research paper won't really highlight the subjective um, compromises associated with that sometimes. But if you go through that yourself and you're trying to perform really um, to a high level, it's like, okay, now you experience that. Now you've got that detail. That's where you can share that experience with a client, with an athlete, and help them through that better. You, you just basically shortcut the process. You eliminate the guesswork. You eliminate yeah. the guesswork. Because obviously there's so much information now out there for free, but the beauty of having a coach, a mentor, or someone who's been there, got the T-shirt over and over again, and had proven success in a given area, um, you know, it, it just it stops you wasting bandwidth on stuff that maybe you don't need to. And it, you just learn faster. You just learn faster. You know, it's like even with the, the, the Brennan Bouchard stuff, the Tony Robbins, I thought, okay, who for me are the world leaders in high performance and, and, and sort of personal development? It's them. I learned more over a three-month period than I probably did in the previous 13 years, sort of flickering bits and bits and bobs on YouTube. And they just give you structure. Because I think, you know, maybe there won't be many athletes listening to this who not only have you got a career to think about, but you've also got a partner, you've got children, and you've got lots of other people where, you know, you're the leader of the ship. And you know you're serving, you're serving, you're serving, and 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 uh, sometimes you, it's nice to sort of be told what what to do by certain other people. It's like me, Chris. You know, I I got a boxing session later, and I like just turning up, getting physically told what to do. Um, you know, because there's only so much bandwidth that that you can operate with, and you know me, I'm a million miles an hour. But um, when you've got other responsibilities, you know, having someone to offload and sort of you know, uh, sort of help help you execute a certain thing. Uh, for example, would I would I box in later if if I knew I wasn't being held accountable by Don Charles? No, I'm not going to do it. Simple as that. So um, I, I'd say you know any athlete or anyone listening to this, if deep down in your heart you know you can be more consistent, especially when it comes to your, your health, your fitness, your training, your performance, whatever aspect it may. Of, of course, nutrition. Obviously, speaking to Chris here, then then get someone to hold your hand. To, to do that and 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 the, the benefits go far beyond helping you eat better do you know what i mean it's like i've saw firsthand so many players um in professional football over the years you know during my years at coventry who were unbelievably talented like honestly chris i've played with some unbelievable footballers and you, you just think like how did you not make it and so much of it was piss poor standards outside of the actual training session or the game. And the thing is the margins now in performance, even in business, even, even in what we do, Chris, in coaching, there's lots of people trying to be great athletes. There's lots of people trying to be great coaches. There's lots of people trying to be great in business. But it's the small differences, the people who tick more boxes repeatedly, that are the ones that are going to have sustained sustain success. And, and for me, food... Honestly, some of the footballers I played with, like, oh god, unbelievable players, and you just think, God, if you just, you know, you just ate, ate, ate a little bit better, 
And, and, and like, I, I always bring him up, and I think he's one of the greatest players that's ever lived. Like, you know, if you look at like Wayne Rooney, Cristiano Ronaldo, if you look at like Cristiano Ronaldo, Wayne Rooney, they were at Manchester United together. I watched the Wayne Rooney documentary recently, Chris, and it was like fantastic. I've obviously watched a Ronaldo documentary, fantastic. Wayne Rooney had more talent than Wayne, uh, Ronaldo, trust me. I played against him. I played against Wayne Rooney and Chris, you imagine this, I've just come back from injury and we're playing Everton and we get wind that Everton have got this player who's going to be special, right? And you're just brushing it off. Yeah, good one. And I've just come back from injury. I'm playing defence. He's playing up front. And I can only liken it. It was like playing against a Mike Tyson on a football pitch. He was like a fucking pit bull. You know, like fast, strong, powerful, just everything Wayne Rooney was and, you know, for the majority of his career. Unbelievable talent, touch. And Ronaldo, don't get me wrong, phenomenally talented too. But if you look at Cristiano Ronaldo, because he's looked after himself, inside and out the gym, right? And I still see he has a glass of wine here and there, right? So it's not like he's, he's boring by any means. I'm sure he goes to nice restaurants and stuff. So I'm not trying to preach to anyone listening to this. You need to be boring to be successful. Or like You certainly don't. But it's just probably be a little bit better than what you're currently doing if you're not where you want to be physically or you can't sustain consistency. But if you look at those two players, Wayne Rooney, although he's gone into management now, has, has effectively stopped playing. Like Ronaldo's probably going to go on for another year or two at least, right? He's probably had another four years on top of his career um, and like achieved, like probably one of the greatest footballers ever, right? With what he's achieved. And in my opinion, the only difference between him and Wayne Rooney, as much as Wayne Rooney achieved great things, was the way he conducted himself the way he looked after himself, the way he, he looked after his nutrition. Do, do, do you know what I mean? You, the, the body shapes do not lie. And even things like inflammation, recovery, and, and you just look at Ronaldo now, and the benefits aren't, aren't just all the Ballon d'Ors he's won. But if you think about this, if you're a, an athlete listening to this, and obviously the reason I speak with so much passion about this, you probably think you're like, cough, you're just a coach. You know, you've had men's health covers, all this stuff, right? But it's just for someone who failed to go to that next level in football, of course, a large part was down to my mindset, right? I didn't believe, you know, there was that Kurt Miller Council State didn't quite believe he was good enough, otherwise I would have, but I was also not disciplined enough with certain habits when I wasn't training, you know, when I was injured. Okay, so I don't want any athlete listening to this. If you have potential to go to another level with your career, don't do what I did and so many professionals have done and just sort of neglect basic fundamentals, which is, you know, controlling the food you put in your mouth and the way you look after your lifestyle management. Because if you look at Ronaldo, he's probably, he'll have another four years extra on his career as a result of looking after himself. And think about those four years, all the extra wages, okay, all the extra sponsorship deals, okay, all the extra followers he's built up on social media where he's probably getting even more endorsements and stuff. It's, it's, it's monumental, the, the, the financial return and also the, the mental, mental accomplishment, Chris, he's going to have as a result of looking, looking after himself. Do you know what I mean? So I know I've gone a bit of a rant about that, but, but guys, if you have a supreme talent, you've been able to make it a professional, you've done something I couldn't do, but just don't fuck it up by not, you know, uh, looking after yourself with food. It's like oh, my partner, uh, you know, Gabby, she, she, she's, she's, co she's coached some fantastic, like your know, England footballers and stuff. And the, the top dogs, they have, they have someone looking after their food. You know, they have, they make sure that they've got someone where it's doing Pilates, you know, all these things. And, and just, you know, just that basic maintenance, it just it allow you to extend your career and, and, and just maintain that consistency, you know? Absolutely. So that small investment, relatively speaking to their income, has paid them four or five years worth of salary forward. It's, it's nothing. It pays for itself. Think about Ronaldo. I dread to think the amount of money he probably spends on, it's not self-care if we call it. 
Okay, self-care, but like, look at the, 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 the returns in professional sport is ridiculous. And not only that, now with social media, like, you know, that, that in itself has monetary value because obviously you've got status, you build up numbers and it's like, but sometimes it, it's amazing. And we find this even in my own, my own client, my own clients, Chris, you know, we've got clients, you know, that, you know, might have great business, making a lot of money. So the thing you value is business, right? And obviously providing for family. But just like, like I say to them, ask yourself, if you look after yourself, if you eat better, you feel better, you operate more energy, how will that improve the thing you value most? And it's the same principle with uh, f- footballers, boxers, whatever it may be. Think about what you value most, which is probably significant. You want to be the best you want to be, okay? Make loads of money in your career. But one of the drivers that's going to help do that is looking after yourself physically and mentally because that will be the thing that lets you down. If I look, Chris, even at my food when I played football, I mean, I was naturally very, very fit. I was probably the fittest at Coventry in the bleep test. I'd always win the bleep test and stuff like that. But, God, if I knew what I knew now about pretty nutrition in particular, you'd think, God, you'd be scary how fit you'd be. You know, it, it's because it was it just, it, it, was, it was very much a, a sort of generic blueprint, you know, with food. And, and, and obviously, if you're... You know, I'm not going to tell Chris what his job is because Chris is unbelievable what he does, but like there are certain, um, you, you know, positions and body types, you know, that, that, that may require a different nutrition strategy. Um, you know, because I worked with some a footballer myself many, many years ago, uh, Chris, you know, Connor Wickham, great guy. But I knew he, his nutrition had to be slightly different to uh, other people's, you know, in terms of optimizing performance. Um, but, but sometimes, and maybe if you're in a, a team sport, rugby player, footballer, listen to this. It's like, you know, eating eat the same as everyone else doesn't cater to your needs inside the in, inside training, outside of training. So it, it, it's detail, details matter, you know, when, when you're trying to go from a good player to a great player, a good athlete to a great athlete, or even in my case, you know, a good body to a great body. Don't need to change the world, but if we're stuck and we're lacking consistency, it's a cue that we need to change something in our system, in our habits, rituals and routines I spoke about earlier. Do you think that then was down to a lack of awareness, perhaps? Is there an yes. education side of things? Yeah, lack of awareness, 100%, Chris. If I think about uh, when I was, when I was at um, <laughs> Coventry, mate, uh, believe it or not, we actually had a McDonald's gold card. This was staggering. They gave the youth team lads a McDonald's gold card, um, you know, because that, they were like coming out the uh, sponsorship from the premiership and, and, and um, McDonald's sponsored the, 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 the premier league, which was madness. And we've got a gold card, you got a 17 year old guy given a McDonald's gold card. Now, thankfully, Chris, my output was that high and I love training that obviously it didn't really affect my weight. So I was running around so much, but there were so many players who <laughs> d- d- didn't love training so much and didn't go in the gym as much. So <laughs> it's energy and energy out principle, whichever way you paint it up. But, <laughs> um, the, the awareness, it, it just, it just, it just wasn't there. And I know, obviously, education has come on tenfold. But if we look at the body types of rugby players now, we look at the body types of boxers, we look at the body types of footballers now. Like, every, the bar constantly gets raised. It constantly gets raised. If you look at the, the body types of footballers, in particular, rugby players from now, 10, 20 years ago, even like you know, uh, forwards in, in in rugby, they're, they're fucking machines. Do you know what I mean? They, they, they look like sprinters, you know, but big, powerful sprinters. I mean, they're running crazy, crazy times. And, and a large part of that would be down to eating better, just more, more awareness. And, and if you've got great talent, awesome. Just, just eat a little bit better, then you'll help be able to optimise that talent and maintain that performance, not just two months, three months, four months, but, but, but the whole season. Or say if you're a boxer, 
the, the nutrition, I know obviously a lot of it's down to mindset and obviously Tyson Fury might argue with me on this, but you get a freak every now and then. But the nutrition, even someone like Tyson Fury, I can guarantee, you know, there's, even though he's not exactly genetically blessed, but I could guarantee he would eat, you know, a certain type of food uh, than, 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 than poor food when it comes to trying to peak when it matters, you know? Yeah, 100%. So if we think of like environment then, uh, as you say, James Clear, I believe, is the invisible hand that shapes human behavior. Yeah. So what kind of role um, do you feel environment plays and how would you look at setting up the an appropriate environment that changes behavior so athletes can hit excellence on a daily basis? So yeah. whether it's the, the actual kind of four rules itself or the people that encompass those four walls. But, but both, mate, both, uh, both. I, re- I really think like, uh, say, say if we're just re- trying to relate this to athlete, athletes, um, y- you go for all different components of, of, of what it actually takes to be, become the athlete you dr- you, you've always dreamed to be. Okay. And then the, in your immediate circle, and then obviously, you know, the, the, the famous Jim Rowan always said, you know, that the, the five people you surround yourself with, um, they're going to be influencing, influencing, you know, your ambition more than anything else. But have a look at the people you surround yourself with right now and just ask really honestly, are they helping me in my quest to become the best athlete I could possibly be? You know, do, do they help lift or limit my mindset? Um, do they help influence what I eat when I eat? Um, do they, even though it's got to come from you, but do they inspire you to sort of really train with as much intent as possible? Because we've all played in teams, I'm sure, where you know when you're in a, a good, a good, a good training environment, or you've got a good gym partner where you just, you just know you're going to train that extra five, ten percent. And we all know where some people drain their energy, but um, break down all the different components of, of what it actually takes to to make you become. Uh, a fantastic athlete and, and, and then go through e- each person and go like, do, who, who, is there an area that I'm lacking and who, who is a master of their craft in that given area um, that I can either learn from or mirror the trait from as a minimum, you know? Um, but yeah. And then how you set yourself up on a daily basis is, is, is massive. You know, do, does the environment that you, you set yourself up on a daily basis sabotage your goals or um, is, is it moving you forward? Um, but yeah, it's it's it, it's massive. Like you, you're gonna rise or fall to the level of standard in that given environment. Uh, and just going back to the football thing again, the, the crazy thing is, Chris. Now with with my mindset the way it is, even though I was obviously deep down there was Kurt Miller at 13, didn't he was good enough to sign for Manchester United. Knowing my character now and my understanding of the importance of environment, and knowing that pretty much up to that point if I was in an environment where I wasn't quite the best player, I made sure very quickly I was going to become the best player. That maybe would have happened at Man United. I'm not saying it would have, I'm not saying it would have, but I've, at least I'd have been forced to step up or I just simply wouldn't have made the grade. Instead, you stayed a big fish in a small pond and you ended up, you know, you just got too comfortable. So, you know, you need people around you to stretch you and to tell you the truth. And especially when it comes to food, so many of us bullshit ourselves with, um, you know, the food we're putting in our mouth. You know, so so if you find that you're not operating as an athlete at the level of body fat that deep down you know is needed in your in your respective sport, then 
somewhere along the lines, there's a crack in, in, in your food or you're not quite moving as much as what you said you would, but nine times out of 10, it's going to be food. And sort of identifying that or having someone at least having a bird's eye view of that, um, like yourself, Chris, which I will champion you, mate, like who's attention detail orientated. It's it's just, the de- you know, it's just sometimes you need that, someone looking at, at those details, Chris, you know? So right at the start of the uh, podcast, basically try to answer the question of how do we get in shape and then how do we stay in shape all year round? And what uh, I think a lot of listeners will really take home from this is that it all starts with your mindset. That is a huge thing. We haven't talked about how many calories they need, how much protein they need, how many times you need to train. We haven't even touched that. And, you know, you've been in absolutely incredible shape for a very, very, very long time. And we haven't even gone into your training methodologies, how you eat and all this kind of stuff. So I think that's just a huge take home. There is like a lot of homework a lot of athletes may need to do in terms of just their own personal and, and self-development. Like yeah. I know I'm going through this kind of process now of this kind of deeper understanding of personal development. And like you said, yeah. you're not going to do it in like 30 minutes over a coffee on a, a Sunday afternoon. It's every single day. It takes yeah. it takes time to build up. And with that, then you get a better understanding who you are, why you're doing it, the consequences involved in it. And therefore, you generate consistency and daily excellence. So I think that is absolutely incredible. And so, tra- tra- train your mind as much as your muscles. Yeah. Train think- your mind as much as your muscles. Like, to put the reps in on your mindset as much as the muscles. Because when you put the reps in your mindset, you, you, you'll, you'll, you'll just enjoy the, 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 the action of working your muscles so much more, you know, when you, you really get a deeper connection with, um, you, you know, that behavior. You really will. Uh, and what's great now with like in pro sport is that is starting to come into it quite a lot. A lot of teams have seen the value of sports psychologists and how creating proper cultures and environments are going to just breed better behaviors and culture there. So um yeah, that, that is absolutely superb. So a closing question for you, because I think we covered a huge amount today and I'm pretty sure quite a few listeners minds that could be absolutely fried after this for the last hour uh, <laughs> I remember the first time we spoke off the call with you and I was like fucking hell that was intense intense <laughs> I'd love to say I'm sorry but I'm not it's just guys I know I know I've got a big mouth and stuff but it's just honestly if you have the potential to do phenomenal things in your sport honestly don't waste it don't waste it on some basic like fucking eating properly, you know, planning more effectively, you know, to deciding what sessions or not you're going to turn up, basically going missing in off season for a couple of months. You don't need to be hardcore, but don't be those players that when they come back in pre-season, they're spending the whole of pre-season getting the weight down rather than harnessing their skill set. It's just the standards getting higher and higher and higher. And you know what? Think about a time, think about your weeks and your months when you feel great, you enjoy your sport more, you enjoy like you craft more and I guarantee you're doing these things more frequently. You are eating a little bit better. I, I don't, I question any athlete, any business owner who says, I want to be more inconsistent. I love being inconsistent or I love being on it or off it. It's bullshit. Given the choice, if you had the right guidance and, and just a little bit smarter set up with your nutrition, the way you carry yourself with a smart lifestyle you don't have to change the world, but if it makes you become more consistent, watch how much more enjoyable it is with your training performance and your game when you are that player that's still going in the last 20 minutes when everyone else is fucked, you know, because you've just been doing the basic things and 
you can still have fun, but never at the expense of how you want to feel emotionally, look physically, or perform. Amazing. Right. Last question. So if you were coaching a 20-year-old Kirk Miller, what advice would you give him? So what would his formula to progress be? Okay, now, 20-year-old. Um... 20-year-old. Or maybe let's go 17 and when you're in golf. 17. I've got to say, I put my eyes in 17 because I think a lot of people at 17 in any any given sport, like they've, they've generally got talent and, 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 and it's the belief. It, it is. It's the belief. Like, you know, you need to violate limiting beliefs because you will have those, you know, they, they, they will have limiting beliefs where you doubt yourself whether or not you can go to another level. Play with it. You know, always focus on who you want to become and what you need to do and don't dwell on, you know, those, those, those limiting flaws, you know, um, and, and never get complacent, I suppose, Chris, because I suppose 17 year old or maybe from the age of 13, 14, 16, 17. Yeah. Never get complacent, never get complacent, you know, and just, just keep your promises to yourself. Nothing builds confidence more with your performance and your emotional growth and of course, the physical development that comes from that is keeping your promises to yourself, right? You know, if you say you're going to do something, do it. Because nothing will drain confidence more by getting complacent and not following through on what you said you would do. So I suppose in short, Chris, it's about managing expectations. Like in relation to what you want, ask yourself on a weekly basis, daily basis even, in relation to what I want and the athlete I'm trying to become, it is the way I'm setting myself up on a daily basis with my thoughts, my feelings, my decisions, my actions in line with my expectations, because that, that is a formula for progress. It's a formula for happiness. So manage your expectations. What's going to help do that is getting clear on what you want, what you need to do, who you need to be, what you need to eat, how you need to train and just vicious, vicious, viciously execute, you know, do what you said you would do. Do what you said you're going to do. I think that is an incredible way to, end today's show so Kirk thank you so so much and I'm I took a huge amount of value away from that and I'm sure listeners will as well so for everyone out there who listened uh who would like to know more about you uh follow you engage with your content where is the best place for them to do so uh, just simply Kirk Miller across all platforms yeah K-I-R-K because I know sometimes the old the U crumbs in which I'm not Kurt or Kirk is 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 not not quite the one. So yeah, Kirk Kirk, Kirk Miller. Um, and then yeah, um, I, I'm happy to yeah support. Get back to any questions. And and I just want to thank you, Chris, for allowing me to come onto your podcast. And anyone listening to this, I've been in uh, industry a long time, professional sports. Obviously now with uh, coaching, I've, I've had some phenomenal mentors. I've come across some unbelievable masters of their craft. But in terms of new, not just nutrition, because I think that that's patronizing to you, Chris. And I know you're so, it's so humble and he, and he pats himself down, but um, as we've spoke about so heavily on today's talk, you know, one of the key things that helps people eat better is control of mindset, control of state, you know, and sort of really having that sort of 360 approach to it and really caring um, about like p- personal, professional sort of lifestyle as well. Um, you know, Chris is an absolute machine with what he does. I mean, he's helped me immensely with, like seminars, presentations inside my uh, own program and help elevate standard and performance in in business owners who have no desire to be an athlete, 
but they end up looking like one because of the standards Chris has helped um, elevate. So, you know, if you're an athlete and, and you listen to this and you just think, you know, I know I can become more consistent and I know it's going to help take my career and, and longevity in my career and influence on those I love most to another level, the, the, then he's the best in the business. He really is. Thank you so much for the kind words. That really does mean a huge amount. Really, really does. Good, mate. So, I just the truth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, mate. Uh, absolutely incredible, as always. Thank you so much for your time. I know you are incredibly uh, busy. Um, but no, thank you so much. It's been absolutely awesome. Legend. See you soon, dude. Bye. Bye-bye.